Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to episode nine of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. I was out last week, but Jordan was here, and uh, Jordan, you had a special guest star with you, so I, I hope to happen to come back in here and uh, try to keep the train moving. Yeah, you know, Joe, not everyone is uh, as big time as you, but we tried to fill it with, a, with a, serviceable, a serviceable guest. You know, Mike G, we really appreciate him coming on, but now we have the great Joe Giglio back in the, in the studio or in behind the glass or however, whatever the, uh, the podcast version of that is. Uh, what do you say these days, Joe? In my basement, I guess you could say, wherever people do podcasts. <laughs> uh, I'm in front of a computer, though, and I'm ready to talk about the Giants here. So uh, you were just at OTAs, Jordan. This was practice seven of the 10 they're allowed to have before their mini camp in a couple of weeks. So uh, give me a couple impressions of today at, at OTAs, and then uh, we'll get into some of these players that you've seen over the first seven practices and and kind of who's impressed you. But today's impressions, OTAs. Well, you know, you start out by looking and you look at it on the field and you see the wide receivers out there. There's no Victor Cruz and there's no Eldo Beckham. You know, he's off on the side, stretching, doing drills, whatever. Uh, not football drills, but uh, strength and conditioning drills, which, which makes you concerned. So, I mean, just right there, when you look at it on the field at, at OTAs today, it makes you concerned about this team because this team without Odell Beckham would, would, be, would be in a big, big trouble. This is their best playmaker. This is their best player. We'll get to that later. We'll, we'll talk about that, Joe. Uh, but, you know, that was my initial impression. This isn't something that's going to continue because when you look out there and you look at the last couple of years, you see, okay, there's been injuries in 2013 that, that kind of derailed the season. 2014 was a mess. And now 2015, they haven't even gotten to the summer. And there's a lot of guys. I mean, six potential starters are, are, are sitting out these days. I mean, that, that's, that's worrisome for any team because these are injuries that, you know, could always resurface or, or something of the sort as the season moves along. But when you combine that with where this team has been the last couple of years, it's even more troubling. And, and you know what? I would be a little concerned on, on that front now. Uh, when you look out on the field, there's, there, you know, you, what you notice out there, one thing that really popped out to me today Shane Vereen, you know, we've heard a lot about this guy, top offseason addition. You really see that at practice. You see him being involved a lot in that passing game. You see him catching balls constantly out of the backfield, really popping out to you. Corey Washington, another guy, really popped out today, made some, big, made some plays, getting that opportunity. Look, Beckham's not on the field. Uh, Victor Cruz is not on the field. That creates opportunities and reps for other guys. Corey Washington, Dwayne Harris. Even Jeremy Davis, I saw getting a little first-team snap here or there. Um, Marcus Harris also, he's another guy who's super, he's, he's, uh, he's being brought along slowly because he missed all of last year with injury. 
So he wasn't on the field during most of the team drills today. So lots of reps to go around, lots of opportunities for wide receivers. Corey Washington, again, making himself, making his presence felt. Uh, and then you look out there, you see John Beeson. Look, John Beeson physically looks great. I mean, he's just chiseled fine, huge out there. Uh, and you just, you're praying that he stays healthy. He looks good so far, though. That, that also another thing that I, I saw today. Uh, in the defensive backfield, Prince Mukamara really looks, you know, I, you saw this last year. This is a quality player. These cornerbacks, they got two very quality cornerbacks on the field with him and Dominique Rogers Camardi. The hope is that Landon Collins and whoever is at the other safety spot can do well also. Uh, Cooper Taylor actually looks pretty good out there so far uh, during these OTAs. Uh, Landon Collins, still a bit of a learning curve. I think this might be a tough spot for him. This might, you know, he's, he's going to have his ups and downs, but you can definitely see talent out there on the field. Jordan, you were mentioning some of those wide receivers. You mentioned Vereen, who will be a weapon as a running back in the passing game. And, of course, if Eli's going to have any time, we go back to the offensive line seemingly every time we talk. And I saw you had a mailbag on NJ.com. Someone asked you, what's going on with Jake Long? The Giants were interested. Obviously, nothing has happened yet. Do you see that as something that could happen here? Or is that maybe just something they looked into but, but maybe not going to fit them as we go through this summer? What, what do you think the Giants are at with Jake Long? Well, Jerry Reese did not, you know, he, he spoke to us last week, uh, us being NJ Advanced Media, and he said, you know, they're going to keep their eye on him, which to me, and it, it, you know, says that they haven't closed the door on him physically. Like, that was, that, that's the real question with Jake. Look, look, if he could play and he was any, even half the player he once was, every team, you know, would want to add that to their roster. The question is, when you look at him physically, he was a mess up from what I was told before he went to the St. Louis Rams and tore his knee twice. So now the question is, you know, is he going to be all right physically, the guy, the team can bring him in, or is it to the point where he's just, you know, so damaged physically that he's not worthwhile? So the fact that Jerry Reese said keep it, we're going to keep our eyes on him means to me that they're going to, they have kept that option open and they haven't really closed that door, uh, at least on the physical part. Now, what, what Jake Long wants, you know, he, if he's fine also, he's going to have choices. So whether the Giants are that choice for him, that's a different story. So we'll, we'll see about that. But I don't think it's something that's definitely out of the picture at this point. It's still lingering out there. The Giants do have an open spot on their roster right now. Uh, I think they're, they're at uh, 79 active players on their roster. So there is an open spot. If Jake Long is that guy, the problem is you're not going to give this guy any sort of guaranteed money at this point. Nobody is. You can't guarantee him money or years and say, uh, you know, to try and lure him. That, that's just, you know, you can't – to guarantee him anything with his physical condition – it's going to be a really tough thing. So it's more of where Jake Long, if he's healthy, would want to go than whether, you know, the Giants, what can they really do to, you know, induce him in, or get him to come, uh, get him to come to their, to their team and to add to their roster. So, Jordan, you mentioned 79 players, and you've seen a lot of players obviously running around these OTAs. So let's play a little rapid fire here, and this one will be simple. We'll just do it like this. I'll just say it's I'll actually say, 89. It's actually it's actually 89. I should correct myself. 89. 90 right. man roster. Right. So there's the one spot Sorry. open there. So they have 89 players, and you've seen most of them obviously up front and personal here over the past couple of weeks. So I'll just throw names at you. I'll throw five names at you one at a time. We'll do, and then you just tell me simply: Were you impressed? Have you been impressed or not impressed? All right. Sure. Let's go. All right. Here we go. We'll start with the one everyone's going to want to know about, and that's number one pick, number nine overall, Eric Flowers. Impressed? Not impressed? Impressed. Now, let me preface this with saying, uh, you know, and Tom Coughlin said this today, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you can only get, you know, obtain so much information from these OTAs. 
Eric Flowers is you look at him and you can tell that this guy belongs physically, just an absolute freak, a beast, uh, you know, a battleship. Oh, these are all, you know, adjectives the Giants use for him. Uh, they all hold true to me. He moves very well for a man his size. To me, impressed. This guy looks like he's going to be a very good player in the NFL. So we're impressed with the number one overall pick. Let's go to the number two pick, Landon Collins out of Alabama. Impressed so far? Not impressed. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. You know, look, Landon Collins, you could tell also, physical skills are going to be there. Now, will he be a good player long term? I absolutely believe that. It's all there. Will he be a very good player this year? It might be tough because he might have to be – look, the Giants don't have a natural free safety. He might be simply playing a lot of center field. That might not be his biggest strength. You see him in one-on-one coverage, not always – you know, not his strength again. So uh, I'm not going to say I'm not impressed with him as a player. I just might not be – I'm not overly impressed with his prospects for this season and this season alone. Look, he's a rookie. He's going to be asked to do a lot. There's going to be a lot put on his plate. If, it's, if, that, if he's asked to do something – that's in addition, not in his ideal position. That worries me. For number three, let's go with Dwayne Harris, Jordan, a guy that I know a lot of Giants fans were a little puzzled when they signed him and gave him pretty decent money for someone that's really probably just a kick returner, but is he also a wide receiver as well? Dwayne Harris, your first impressions. Impressed, not impressed? Yeah, I'm impressed, in fact, that I see him all over the field and playing all different kinds of positions now. I'm not overly enthusiastic about him as a wide receiver and his process of what he's going to be on this offense. If, like, you know, Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham are healthy, I'm not sure he's going to play a huge role there. But just seeing him on all the things that he does on the field, on the practice field, look, he's with the wide receivers. Then next thing you know, he's in motion, and he's moving around in the formations. And then you see him on kick return. You see him on punt return. You see him on kick coverage. You see him on punt coverage. So there's a lot of things you, you see him, and, and you like that. And that's, that's why they signed him. So I think uh, it's impressive because you, you know that he's going to play a big role in this team and he's going to be an upgrade and especially a lot of those special team portions of it. Let's go with a tight end for our fourth one. I know a couple of weeks ago you brought up uh, Matt Lacoste, kid out of Illinois, and you said he could be maybe someone to keep our eye on. I'm going to ask you about another tight end who I know has been associated with the Giants in the past but really never got a chance to make an impact. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jerome Cunningham. Southern Connecticut State. I mean, this is not a big name here, but it seems like every year a giant tight end or two comes out of nowhere. I did see some recent things about him. As maybe he's playing well in these OTAs. Your thoughts on him? Impressed, not impressed? Yeah, I'm impressed with Jerome Cunningham. I'm obviously, I don't know about a blocker. Like I said, with the linemen, it's hard to judge on that regard at this point from OTAs. But you can see he's, he's a pass-catching threat out there. He, he can work himself open. He moves very well. He is a finely chiseled athlete, let me tell you. Absolutely, you know, his chest protrudes about uh, – it's, it's, let me just say, he's just ripped up. He's cut up. He's huge. Uh, and he moves really well, catches the ball well. He's really been getting down the field. You can see him making a plays deep down the middle of the field. Uh, I think Jerome Cunningham is a guy who has a future with this team. He's definitely uh, somebody who I would expect to make, a, uh, to make some noise this summer, no doubt. Impressed. All right, Jordan, we'll end with this for our impressed, not impressed segment. For years, I mean, really, since he started his first game against the Atlanta Falcons in 2004, the Giants have never had to worry about any quarterback really coming into a game besides Eli Manning. One day they might have to. Ryan Nassib, impressed, not impressed. You've seen him now for a couple of years, but this incarnation of Ryan Nassib, has he improved at all? His arm, how's that looking? I mean, 
I'm going to go with not impressed just on the fact that he hasn't blown me away. I'm, I, you see him make, in my mind, too many off-target throws. Uh, not saying that I think he regressed. I think he's improved. He's still better, but he doesn't pop at you. He, his arm, not great. Uh, you know, probably serviceable NFL arm, at, uh, not, nothing special. Uh, the skills to me, when you just watch him at practice, they just don't pop at me. So uh, I'm going to go with not impressed. Not, not so much that I think he's been bad. Uh, just I don't see him having made a, any huge jumps and, and look at him and be like, that's a future starting quarterback. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a backup quarterback. He's probably a good backup quarterback. I think that's probably his, his, his uh, role and probably his ceiling in this league. Uh, good, you know, decent, good backup quarterback. And that's, you know, likely what he's going to be this year. So uh, at least the Giants hope he's, that's what he's going to be this year because that means that Eli Manning's healthy and the team is headed in the right direction. So Right. They, they've hoped uh, that, and it's worked out, you know, for them for a while. They haven't had to worry about backup quarterback um, really for a very long time. All right, well, two things left for this uh, episode nine of our Giants podcast this week, Talk is Cheap. We're going to get into a little bit about this. Uh, Pete Prisco, CBS Sports, he put out his 100 best players in the NFL, included three Giants. We'll do that. And then we have one Twitter question uh, that I picked out that we'll answer Which on Joe, this podcast. Joe, Joe, let me tell you, those three top 100 players, that's two more than NFL, the NFL Network has in their players' poll this year. So Interesting. Their only one is Beckham. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Beckham, Beckham, by the way, Beckham, by the way, hasn't, hasn't popped up on that NFL Network one yet, but – he, uh, I think they're, they're approaching top 50. He's going to be in the top 50. I think he might even be around the 30-ish mark. Oh, I'd have to imagine that as well. So Beckham is on both lists. And Pete Prisco had his list out of CBS Sports. And he had three Giants. Two, I think we'd, you know, we'd, we'd say, all right, they belong there. Uh, he had Eli Manning. He had – oh, he had Beckham, excuse me. He had Beckham. He had JPP, which I don't think there's probably a lot of argument there from Giants fans. Those two are really good players. And then for his third Giant – he had Jonathan Hankins. Your initial reaction to that, Jordan, after watching him uh, all year last year, is he one of the top 100 players in the NFL? Uh, you know, he had a good year last year. I mean, I think he could have been a borderline pro bowler. He's probably around the borderline 100 mark for me. Uh, I think there's potential that he could even be higher. Let me see it again. Let me see a little more dominance. Uh, I, I like the way he made plays. I would like to see him. Uh, be a little bit more consistent uh, before consistently dominant. I think in a way, and I thought, I thought this last year, they put a lot of them. He played a ton of snaps. It was partly because they were shorthanded. They really didn't have anything else there. And I think he kind of wore down at times. Uh, so, you know, he flashed and made a ton of plays. But at the same time, as he wasn't consistently dominant, especially against the run, which is what I thought his strength would be. He was much better against as a pass rusher than I thought, which is why – I think he's even in that top 100 range because if he's just a run stuffer, I don't, I don't think he would be in the, in the top 100 discussion. But, uh, you know, I can't argue that hard with Jonathan Hankins being in that uh, top 100 mark, especially after the season he had last year. And, uh, you know, maybe the next year we can talk about him being a top 75 player. I wouldn't be, you know, hugely surprised about that either. I wouldn't either, especially like you said, if the sacks and the pass rush ability continue into this year. So when I saw that list and I saw the headline that three Giants had made it, Jordan, I started thinking to myself, all right, who are they? And then that got me to think, who are the, who are the five best players on the Giants right now? And I think it's pretty easy to pick two or three off the top of our heads. But once you get down to three, four, five, especially five, 
Uh, I think there's a lot of room for debate then. Now, regardless of position, this is my list, and I want to hear yours. I had, I had Odell Beckham Jr., I have JPP, I have Elon Manning, I put Hankins in at four, and then for five, I mean, I, I really was trying to think, who's the fifth best player? Because I think everyone is, you know, the, the good players left are, you know, interchangeable after that. I put Dominic Rogers cromartie at fifth. Uh, for you, Jordan, who will be the five best players in the Giants? And I left Victor Cruz out until we see him healthy. Yeah, I'm also going to – because I'm not sure what – when Cruz – if he's going to be what he was or when, you know, when he does come back, if – when that is going to be, you know, when he if, – if he ever gets back to what he was. So uh, I'm going to leave that one out also. Uh, my list had DRC and Prince. I had, a, you know, kind of a slash next to the two of them together. Uh, I'm a big Prince of Mukamara fan, to be honest with you. Uh, I just thought last year he was great. Uh, there's, there's something there. The potential there is there. Uh, I'm just, I'm just a big fan. I thought he really made strides last year to being a top cornerback. Look, his ball skills, they're not great. That's not his strength, but I think he's good in coverage, real solid plays physical. And it, what really what separates him from a lot of cornerbacks in my mind is his ability to play the run. I think he is, if he's among the best cornerbacks in the league against the run, hands down, no doubt in my mind, top three, Top five at the absolute worst in, in that respect. So that part of the game is huge. They really missed that when he went down. So I'm going to go Prince. Uh, and then when you, you, you know, we're talking about players, basically, who has a chance of being a Pro Bowl player on the Giants? Another guy, I mean, we talked about it. It's, it's worth mentioning is John Beeson. Now, the question is, it's when John Beeson is fully healthy. And that's a big if. And so if he hasn't been, you can't really put him anywhere near this list. If you can tell me, John Beeson's 100% healthy, and he's himself for 16 games. He's in the conversation. But until you can you know, write that down, which I don't think he'll ever be able to do uh, at any point for the rest of his career to, to say for sure that he's going to be there, you, you have to leave him off. But, hey, those are pretty much all the guys that you look at as potential Pro Bowl players right now for the Giants. It's you know, Beckham and uh, JPP, Hankins, Eli, DRC, Prince outside shot depending on health beast and Cruz, and then the other young guys you know we got to see it before we believe it in regards to the flowers and the richbergs and uh you know even pew a guard or any of these other guys the devin canard like any of these guys that have showed showed any promise we need to see a lot more before we put them in anywhere near a top hundred ranking or anywhere near a, a pro bowl caliber player I will wrap with this because I thought this was our best Twitter question we've gotten a while here. And I, I think it's interesting because you're going to witness both of these in back-to-back years. Felipe chimed in and he asked, how much easier is it for a team to learn a new defensive scheme versus a new offensive scheme? Now, if you're not changing personnel, in my opinion, you're not going from you know, a 4-3 to a 3-4, which is a big change. If you're sticking basically with the same kind of front and you're just changing the coordinator, my inclination would be it's easier to change on defense than offense yours you watched the offensive struggle last year now you're about to watch uh, a new defense with Spagnola coming back which is easier and, and do you think defensive change is easier and why yeah I'm gonna go with the I, I really do think of defensive changes well let's just think, we'll think about this for a second the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007 in the first year in a new defense okay that is a tough thing to do in a new offense I'm not sure you can really do it in a new offense yeah has it been done Joe I mean uh, I can't think off. of. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's a yeah. It's just a really, really tough thing to do when you're talking about offensively. I think uh, there's so many moving parts on offense, and if they're not, it's an absolute disaster. Where on defense, uh, you know, if 
things aren't moving as one piece and it's it, it sort of you can have great individual efforts just basically save everybody else on the defensive side where I'm not sure you can you can I mean you can have that if it's your quarterback but but even then everyone they quarterback has to know where the running back uh, is running he has to know where his tight ends are going he has to know the exact route that it, so you know defense is more uh, reactionary, whereas I think offense is more anticipatory. And I think that's the biggest difference. So uh, it really depends. That, that's a real big factor. And defense, in my mind, is a lot easier to get installed. And you, you don't need – even if the, you know, the cornerbacks and the defensive line aren't exactly on the same page, sometimes that, that might you – know, or the, 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 the defensive line and the linebackers – it might not show as much as offense, whereas offense it really needs to go as one finely tuned unit. And uh, defense, I don't think that's the case as much. So, and, and on defense, I think you can dumb it down on defense and and be good. When you dumb it down on offense, I think you're at a, a bigger disadvantage, and and you have just less options, and you become more predictable. Uh, and I, I think that's easier for the defense to stop you. And it's an offensive game in this league. You have to be you have to be really good on offense in order to win nowadays. You can be serviceable on defense. You can be, yeah. We see that a lot. And I agree with you with the offense and the anticipation versus defense reaction. I mean, think about it. You know, JPP could get everything wrong, but if he sacks the quarterback, no one knows, no one cares. Eli could do everything right, and if Beckham's not in the spot he thinks he's going to be and they don't read the coverage the same, it's an interception going the other way, and we're talking about how dysfunctional the offense is. So it's, it is, it's much different. Right. I mean, look at the 2007 Giants. I mean, you can, you have, if your pass rush is dominant, which they were late in the year, I mean, it can hide a lot of deficiencies on, on defense, and I, I think that's more so the case than on offense. I mean, yeah, a, a great quarterback can change, can change everything, and that changes everything. But aside from that, you know, an individual player can only have – so much influence, whereas on defense, an individual player at almost every spot can have that much influence. You know, Darrell Rivas at cornerback changes the game completely. Uh, Ed Reed at safety, that changes the game completely. Uh, you know, even a JPP at defensive end, you know, they, they're not going to go and run every play at, the, at Jason Pierre-Paul just because he's, he's that good a player. So, uh, you know, talent can, can, can shine through on defense individually a little bit more. It's a little bit more of an individual game than offense. It certainly is. All right, Jordan, happy to be back here for episode nine, and uh, we'll do it again next week, all right? Yeah, maybe we could find Nick Powell somewhere off, the, uh, off safari, and, uh, you know, maybe he's, driving, he's driving around New Jersey, New York right now. We're sorry we missed him. He, he's actually back from South Africa, but we need Nick back on. You know why, Joe? It's the why ratings, because Nick Powell brings the ratings. We talked about this before. That's true. And I heard, what, what did I hear about Nick and what he's doing? He's, he's done with Safari. He's chasing Eli Manning around now. Is that right? Yeah, you know, that's, that's how Nick rolls. You know, giraffes, uh, monkeys, whatever, whatever's in Safari. I don't know. And then, you know, giraffes, Eli Manning. Monkeys, and quarterbacks, the Nick Powell story. <laughs> there you go. Nick, the, 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 the tales of Nick Powell. But he'll be back next week. We have a, we'll, uh, we'll, you know what? We'll talk next Monday. Uh, and we'll, we'll – uh, We'll go over what we expect to see at minicamp next week. Is minicamp Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and maybe we'll even squeeze in an extra post minicamp uh, podcast of some sort if we could, if we could do that before everyone kind of takes off for the summer and uh, takes a little takes a little respite from football and uh, you know warms up for training camp because guess what, Joe? It's coming. August first. What are we in June? Less than two months. 
less than two months away. Giants fans, that's music to their ears. Uh, Jordan, have around you August first. I don't, I don't, I don't want that on, on record. It's somewhere around August first. I don't All know right, exactly. Right, when. right near the beginning of August. Real football will start. Jordan, this was fun. Have a good one. And uh, this has been episode ten of episode nine. I'm getting ahead of myself. Episode nine of Talk It Cheap. See you next time.